Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there and welcome to this special edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. On December the 12th, the English Ice Hockey Association will hold their AGM and on the agenda is the vote on unification which will see them merge with Ice Hockey UK and Scottish Ice Hockey. The English Ice Hockey Community, EIHC for short, have been formed to offer a voice to any people or stakeholders with ideas or to speak out, something they feel the EIHA have largely ignored. I'm Craig Anderson and recently I caught up with Paul Reagan and Clifton Rottesley, the two men behind the EIHC, to find out how it came to be, what they want to achieve and their endgame. An accompanying writing piece can be found on the British Ice Hockey website, so visit britishicehockey.co.uk. Anyway, here are Paul and Clifton as they explain and discuss the EIHC. Okay, gentlemen, good to speak to you. Let's find out more about what you're doing. The EIHC, tell us how it all started and what you're, you're looking to, to do in the fullness of time. Just whoever wants to answer. Well, do you want to kick off? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Clifton and myself uh, got talking, both have lads uh, involved in the England programme. Um, we've been talking for some time now uh, with regards to the current state of uh, English ice hockey um, and where we were. Um, my, my background briefly was I was involved at Elite League level for four years um, and in club ownership and then moved on to taking three boys through the system, and one in particular through the elite system, who's currently an under-15s or under-14s England player. Um, and uh, Clifton has, um, I'll let him explain what, what, what his background is, but in talking through um, and talking to many of the stakeholders of the sport, it became quite clear that we felt that there was a lack of representation at EIHA board level, and we picked that up with EIHA to talk about, uh, we feel there's a lack of bandwidth. We also felt that there was um, a concern for many members to open up and actually speak out about their ideas, um, generally because there was 
shall we say, fear of reprisal if they did speak out against what was perceived as a bit of a regime. So we just felt um, not looking to, to for any anything other than to create a platform that, that encouraged and welcomed members and stakeholders of the sport to speak out uh, and uh, enable us to go to the IHA and say, look, um, we're all supportive of unification. We all understand why, why we would do that. However, what we're not supportive of is uh, a lack of planning, a lack of bandwidth on the board, a lack of engagement with stakeholders, um, and this being rushed through when we don't actually have a plan to develop the sport going forward. Um, and without that plan, our concerns are um, unification goes through, um, I guess certain CVs get a tick in the box, shall we say. Um, meanwhile, the sport spends the next several years trying to work out or transition into a better place when actually there are many things today we believe are wrong with the sport. Um, and that's, our, that's our, our grave concern. So the IHC was born as a consequence of talking to many people. Um, we launched a website going back about three to four weeks ago. We've had over three and a half thousand hits uh, relatively quickly uh, with lots of ideas and people coming in from all stakeholders because at the end of the day, we're, we're a couple of dads who are pretty junior hockey-centric. Um, and what we need is we need wider representation from the likes of Rec, Sledge, Ice Rinks, um, the women's game, the senior game, um, you know, all the way through the sport. And, and this was really a sort of call to arms, shall we say, to say, guys, you know, we're really desperate to talk to people. We, we really want to um, be in a position that before, that by the time we get to the AGM, um, that unification doesn't go through, um, which gives us an opportunity to revisit and make sure that we've got a strong plan so that we can move unification through relatively quickly, hopefully by Q2 uh, next year. Now, you guys will know more than me, certainly from what I've seen on, on social media, the reaction you've had has been pretty good, Clifton. We'll, we'll send this over to you. Have you been quite surprised by the reaction in terms of its volume and the, the amount of people that, that do want to get involved and, and, and put forward ideas to try and help change? Um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I'm, I'm um, Surprised pleased. in a good way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. We knew that the, the, um, that the support was there. We knew that there was sort of latent um, dissatisfaction with what, what's going on with ice hockey in... in um, in the UK in general, not just, just in England and Wales. Um, so we knew that there were people out there who, um, who A, were feeling a bit disenfranchised by the whole process um, and had strong opinions um, and, and frankly um, were wanting to, 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 to be involved, to, to, to have a stake in, in, in what's going on in, in the sport that they love, that, that a lot of them are, are involved in. I mean, after all, the IHA is basically a volunteer-led um, organisation. It's a membership-led um, uh, movement, as it were. Um, so because you've got that um, grand swell um, of, of people who are involved in the sport with huge experience, um, a lot of knowledge um, about the sport and with strong opinions, um, 
that's untapped. It's a vast untapped resource that um, we felt needed to be given a voice. Um, and hence the launch of, of the EIHC, the English Ice Hockey Community. I mean, the, 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 the clue is in the title. It's essentially a, a, a sort of community-based um, project. In other words, we're trying to give um, the, the, the people who haven't had a voice to date, and um, Paul alluded to the fact that a lot of that is down to the fact that um, opinion um, or criticism has been um, sort of squashed and, and pushed aside um, because it was either inconvenient or for whatever reason. Um, and, and we just felt that that, that wasn't right. Um, a little bit about my background. Um, I, I um, uh, was born in Dublin, um, but I'm a multinational, a British, Irish, Swiss passport holder. Uh, married to um, my lovely wife, Sasha, who we just heard on the phone. Um, got four kids, all in ice hockey. Um, I've been in self, self-employed for nine years. Um, I was in banking before that. Um, semi-retired with three non-exec roles, but I have a specialism um, in sports governance um, uh, and um, having been a, a, an athlete myself, um, a, a, what I think some people would class as a world-class athlete. I went to the Olympics, the Winter Olympics um, in 2002 in Salt Lake City. Um, since um, have been on the um, board of the British Bobsleigh and Skeleton Association. Uh, I chaired British Skeleton um, for three, for four years. Um, it's the most successful um, UK winter sport with seven medals um, over five Olympic Games. Um, I was then a board member of a merged entity, which was um, British Bobsleigh and Skeleton. So we merged the two sports. So I have experience of merging two um, national governing bodies together. Um, and I am now um, a member of what they, what's known as the Skeleton World Class um, Program Performance Management Group, which is essentially the quasi um, board for um, uh, Skeleton uh, in, in the UK. Um, and I chair the selection committee for the elite high performance athletes. Um, I, I know what good sports governance looks like. Um, I don't think anybody can um, doubt the fact that we have um, put together a, um, a, a, a world-class, um, world-beating um, program. Um, so I know what good looks like. And my experience of the EIHA is not um, good. So um, with the fact that I've got four kids in, in ice hockey, uh, one, as Paul alluded to, who's actually in the um, ENTP, the England program, um, I, have an, I, have, I have a very big incentive and, and, and motivation to, to try and, and, and get this right. And Paul, you alluded to, to it earlier um, about unification. I believe that every ounce of our energy, every fibre of our being should be focused on trying to get our players, men, women and kids all back on ice and playing competitive hockey instead of being distracted by trying to force unification through. So... Um, we need everybody to pull together to get on board um, with a proper, well-thought-through and structured plan to get us through this season and into next, and then actually deliver that plan. Uh, then we can think about unification. Um, so our message is to, to everybody is just not now. Unification, yes, but not now, please. Until you find a plan. 
Very good. Correct. We need to we need to get the sport back on its feet, um, and that's going to take potentially up three to six months, um, and then we can go back to um, trying to address the the problems that we've got around governance, which yes are centred around um, unification. But for now, we need to talk about we need to to, to talk about structure uh, and operations. We don't need to be talking about the sort of higher level. Uh, governance stuff. It's going to take us anywhere between, and this is again my personal experience from my time with um, trying to merge bobsleigh and skeleton together. It's going to take out, and that don't forget was was just a, a, a body of fifty odd support staff and athletes, um, elite performing athletes. That took us over a year and a half, and I'd say almost two years to bed in. Um, our issue. Um, Paul and my issue and a lot of the people on, on the EOC, um, their issue with the whole project, unification project, is that we're talking about an organization that essentially has got 16,000 odd um, registered members, plus the clubs, plus you've got two, um, uh, two quite distinct um, organizations, um, one dealing with uh, essentially sort of elite and the other dealing with, with grassroots, grassroots with a bit of elite that whole process of trying to to put in place um, governance structures and then operational structures and then the, the personnel um, that is going to take, I believe, longer than the year that the transitional board um, is is claimed to to to, to going to, to be going to take. It's going to take at least a year and a half, I'd say, two years. And what happens to the sport in the interim? We don't have the structures in place at the EIHA in particular um, to run the sport at the moment. So we need to get those structures in place now, and then we can worry about unification. Now, we're living in strange times, as we all know. Obviously, the pandemic continues to affect our daily lives as well as the sport's obviously been impacted quite heavily on this as well. Is there an argument that maybe unification, had it happened by now, would be a good thing in terms of trying to secure funding and things like that? Is that too soon to, to have that conversation when you look at where we are with things right now? I mean, it's, it's too soon now. I mean, we're in a very different place to where we were um, a year, 18 months ago. And I, I completely agree, and Paul and I campaigned hard um, at the AGM this time last year, that unification absolutely was going to be the solution. But we are a year uh, on um, in the last eight months, we've been basically um, completely sideswiped by um, a global pandemic, um, and we're not in a position now in the position now that um, we were um, eighteen months ago, um, and, and particularly a year ago when we when we had the, the AGM. And this was the, the AGM was the last time that we had the opportunity to address this formally. Yeah. Um, we think we need to look at it um, again. Um, to analyze whether it's the right time to do it. And if it's not the right time to do it, put it on hold for a period of time until we've got our, ourselves sorted out, until we're back on our feet again. So have you, I'll go to you with this one, Paul. You've been sitting quietly for a while there listening. I take it you've engaged with the IHA and Ice Hockey UK about what you want to do. What sort of response have you had? Have you had much in the way of resistance or has there been common ground in certain areas perhaps? Well, we we... When we launched the website, um, there was a, a statement that was put out um, relatively quickly in response to that, which was uh, referencing, reference, referencing us uh, 
So they were obviously aware and um, I guess somewhat concerned regarding the timing of what we were doing. Um, we, um, we had arranged to uh, have a call uh, with Andy Miller um, and that call um, did eventually materialise um, with a bit of uh, toing and froing going on, uh, more so on their side concerned about some comments that were coming out, which was sort of strengthened our point really, which was, look, this is a members organisation, as Clifton has made very clear, and mm. um, if members want to speak out because they adore the sport and they think things aren't right in the sport, then as an organisation we should be embracing and listening to those things, not 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 shooting people down or, or publicly trying to attempt to do that, which historically has been an issue in politics, as we all know, has been a major problem. They tend to, their MO basically is to, to close down debate. Yeah. Um, and, and that worries me, um, given again, given my background, it's something I'm just not used to. I mean, I'm, I'm used to having a, a, a grown-up adult debate um, about issues that, that you face, but the yeah. EIJ seems to be a, composed, a completely closed book where that's concerned. Yeah, so we, we ended up, um, we, have had, we, we have had a couple of conversations with Andy Miller since then. Um, I'd like to think they were um, constructive in, in the sense of the conversations. We made it very clear what our stance was. Um, to be fair to him, from his perspective, he's in no position to um, delay or, or effectively uh, cancel um, a vote that was going through on the 12th of December or being rushed through on the 12th of December. I mean, we are still waiting, by the way, for information, detail around the EIHA's plans for because there's, there's there's no there's a lot of waffle but there's no real meat on the bone in terms of what does what does ice hockey look like going forward and it seems a bit crazy that they're going to release that next week week after a couple of weeks before we actually go to this uh, to this major vote so what we have done is we've said look um, we've got some ideas to talk to you about around uh, conference and um, the uh, England program and uh, we've agreed. Uh, to to send over some thoughts uh, to them regarding that, um, but that said, that's just us showing that look, we've got some great ideas that we want to share with you, and we, the IHC, will publicise those ideas. Um, but we need, we you know we don't think uh, that there's any anything is going to change here. They are going to try and push through unification um, and we will suffer as a sport considerably so uh, as a result as Clifton's already alluded it's going to take some considerable time to transition and in fact in their own documents they try, they talk about four to five years of actually fully sort of transitioning across but what happens to uh, the juniors what happens to our recruitment programs coaching programs officials programs all of these things that have a major impact on our sport going forward if we've got to sit tight for four to five years. Um, with, with currently, of course, um, with a board that, that is not suitably uh, equipped with the bandwidth that it needs to, to, um, to recommend the right path for the board. You, you need a board that's well represented across all stakeholders. Now, I've got to ask you, Paul, obviously you alluded to the, the fact you were previously involved with Cardiff Devils, and I've seen a few cynical people online obviously referencing that your involvement in it what you're hoping to get out of it you've already explained what you want to get out of it but what do you say to those cynics that are uh, that, that have that belief that you're, you're just in it for yourself the way that you 
you know, association with Cardiff ended that there's there's maybe another another agenda here from your point of view. I don't believe there is. But yeah, no, there's 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 no agenda from me other than being a hockey dad who who cares about the sport. Um, when I, when I when the club was thrust into my hands, um, which wasn't planned at all, and I'd never been to an ice hockey game, um, so for me it was a very steep learning curve. And I happened to be chairing the club for a matter of months. I happened to be, in some respects, wrong place, wrong time. I could look at it right place, right time. If I take a view of my boys, all ended up playing hockey, yeah. um, and somebody had to put money into the club to save the club, and and I did that and. Many supported that, um, the minority, the vocal groups, some didn't. Um, they could have come up and put the money in if they wanted to, but they didn't stand up and put the money in. Um, I did what I thought was, a, was the right thing. And the club transitioned from what was a, a pretty awful facility um, in, in the blue tent, as it was in those days. And uh, we transitioned through to um, a new stadium, a Canadian consortium um, led by Todd Kalman. That was down to my relationship with Todd as working with him over four years on the Elite League board. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of, of to be able to sit there and say, you know, I kept that club going at my expense, but I did it not because of that. I did it because I cared and I wanted to make it right. And, and I've been self-employed since I was 23 years old. I built two businesses up. You don't do that unless you're very driven, motivated, thick-skinned, used to getting the odd kick. Nobody agrees whenever you raise your head above the parapet and, and you try and lead um, any successful leader. It just accepts that you're going to get people on the, on the sidelines having a swipe. That's just you know, nature of the beast. This will be no different. Um, one thing I will say to finish, though, this is no desire um, by me or and I think certainly from Clifton to be CEO or chairman of English Ice Hockey or Ice Hockey UK n- not at all um, that isn't to say if I was asked by members to support it maybe I would maybe I wouldn't I have a couple of non-exec roles I'm semi-retired we're both in similar situations um, for me it's all about being a part of being able to enforce some change for the good um, and, and you know we, we can do it um, if we pull together and that's that's I think probably the crux of all of this is to get people together to act in the best way for the sport because we care about the future of the sport um, and from a selfish viewpoint that's because of my son <laughs> nothing yeah. else covers nothing it else. <laughs> so I'll go to my last question then what is the end game you what are what is the ultimate goal of what you're doing here well ultimately um, what we're saying very very clearly is that we uh, believe the sport is not in a great place. Um, The timing of unification is wrong. Um, The sport will be in a worse place if we rush through unification and spend the next four to five years to sort things out when we believe that there is a real desire, and EIHC has shown this, from many people, many stakeholders of the sport who have a real belief and desire to improve it in whatever aspect of the sport that they exist. Mm. Um, we want to give those people a voice. And, and what we're saying is, EIHA, hold your horses. Um, let's work collectively to strengthen what ice hockey looks like in this country going forward. 
Um, and then we work towards a, a stronger plan, a unified plan, a plan that brings the ice hockey community together to actually press on with unification, not to the detriment of the sport, but to the future of the sport. And it, it, it's a sort of circular um, argument, really, for us, in that the state of, of hockey, as we see it at the moment, um, it isn't great. You've got essentially um, one person um, on the board who's pretty much the only person doing anything. He hasn't got enough bandwidth to be over everything, um, which means things don't get done, decisions don't get made, um, and those that are left um, aren't able to get the sport back on its feet. We've had a mass walkout by the ENTP management. We had Pete Wynn, the head of the coaching and education um, program, leave. And, and it, it's plain for everyone to see that they, they've left a, a massive void. So what we're hopefully doing with the EIHC is um, showing that there are people that are ready and willing to fill that void, people that um, sit within or alongside the EIHC, people that are ready and waiting to step forward. Um, yeah, some of the names are going to be familiar to everybody. Um, there are also more and more people coming forward as we go through the process, putting their hands up and wanting to get involved, um, simply because they've been, been given a way to do so via the EIHC. So really what we're trying to do is encourage people to have a voice, um, and we're trying to engage with um, the EIHA um, so that we can allow um, the, the talent and the passion that's out there to get involved in trying to sort out the problem that we're in. We don't believe that governance now is the solution. We think that what you've got to do is you've got to put uh, hands to the pump, shoulders to the wheel, get people involved to fix the problem that we've got now, and then, yes, we can look to unification, and then, yes, unification can be the medium to long-term solution, but it's not the short-term solution. The short-term solution is to, to, to sort out the mess that we're in now. That was Paul Reagan and Clifton Rottersley joining me to discuss the EIHC. Thank you for listening to the special edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Don't forget to like our official Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back with you very soon. Take care and bye for now. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.